Rise up this week with the Rise City Podcast, offering stories of hope and messages of love to inspire you and challenge you. Listen to new episodes every Monday to get your week started right. Thanks for tuning in. Well, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us on the Rise City Podcast. My name is Luke Casagrande, and we are so grateful that you are tuning in. Uh, My friend Alex Gilbert is joining us on the Rise City Podcast. He is the pastor of a local church plant in York, Pennsylvania called Zeal Church. My man Alex has been a, a confidant of mine, an accountability partner of mine, and he is just a man who uh, has integrity and character, and he's just an awesome dude. So Alex, thank you so, so, so much for taking the time to be with me on the air, Rise City yeah, Podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, bro. It's an honor. And uh, man, everything Luke said about me, I feel exactly the same way about him. Um, just so excited to be a part of the movement, man. Yeah. Uh, excited to be in similar seasons. We've kind of always, since we've known each other, been in similar seasons, and I yes. love that. God is allowing us to still do that um, as we continue to grow and mature and become more like Jesus, man. It's an honor. Thank you for having me. Amen, bro. And that's so cool. Like we have gone through, you know, from student ministries to married life, to life with kids, to moving on in church planting seasons. Like this has been such a cool partnership and friendship that you and I have had. And I think it's useful right now. I, I just, for anybody who's listening to this podcast right now, this episode, this is going to be helpful. And I just want to address the why this is going to be helpful is because (laughs) right now, Alex and I are becoming uh, very tangibly and powerfully (laughs) acquainted with um, risk, fear, (laughs) and faith. Um, These are very real um, th- th- these are some real arenas that we are yeah. kind of stepping out there with our families, with our wives. Um, there is like a kaleidoscope of emotions when it comes to what we're doing. You know, we're up, we're down, we're scared, we're confident, we're bold. We're, you know, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. all over the place, man. And, um, and so if anybody out there is just listening to this right now, if you feel like you're in a place where, you're taking a bold move, you're making a bold move, thinking about taking a risk, um, and you're just kind of processing through fear and maybe discouragement or angst or worry. And But also you know that kind of taking this step out is the right thing to do, then um, this is the episode for you. And so Alex, if you could do me a favor, man, like how did you know, like when... Tell me how you knew it was the right time for you to start seriously thinking about stepping out into the brand new open water of uh, of this risk you're taking. And I, and I say risk, I don't want to like compartmentalize it to the church plant per se, yeah. but just like for anybody who's out there, maybe it's not a church plant, maybe it's a new job or maybe it's a podcast or whatever. Right. Stepping out, man, putting yourself out there. How did you know, like, all right, this is what I got to do? Yeah, man, that, that's a great question. I think of, you know, church planning is an easy one for me to think of, man, that that being a, a crazy leap, right? And I also think of, you know, super long story short, I, I'm not originally from Pennsylvania. I'm from 
Georgia and how I got up to Pennsylvania was a similar type thing, a risk where um, I kind of on a whim, <laughs> at least it felt that way, uh, took an internship at a church in Pennsylvania that uh, ended up launching me out to plant a church. But um, that decision was kind of made. And then within 13 days, I was packing my bags in my car and, and moving to Pennsylvania. And so I think and reflect on both of those situations and other situations in which um, I've had to risk or, or kind of take that step of faith uh, in my life. And I think one of the things that comes to mind for me, Luke, is is this supernatural peace. Um, like, honestly, I think sometimes we we think that all the ducks have to be in a row and everything has to be aligned, um, that like you have to have this kind of rainbow kind of from the sky, or this like light from the sky thing shining down and God just like audibly tells you, right? <laughs> and, and oftentimes that's not what it looks like. Um, but I know for us, like and me and my wife, for us, it's this, it's this peace that kind of really does surpass all understanding or all circumstance that uh, kind of settles us in the midst of maybe some uncertainty or some fear uh, in that supernatural peace allows us to take steps forward that even to people around us seem crazy. Um, honestly, I mean, it's funny, like when I moved to Pennsylvania, I had a lot of Christian, well-meaning people telling me I was dumb and telling me that I was just crazy and irresponsible and silly. And quite frankly, looking back on it, it kind of was <laughs> in some ways. And yet the reality was like, I knew in my heart of hearts. And at the time, my wife was still my girlfriend. And uh, we both kind of had this piece of like, yeah, you need to go. And we didn't have it all planned out, man. Like we didn't have a game plan of like, okay, and then, you know, I'll move back or you'll stay there forever. Like, I just knew God was calling me. And in fact, I had denied that call multiple times and he didn't let me sleep. Like he didn't let me, you know, eat. He, he kind of haunted me in his grace to say, no, man, I, I want you to go there. And, and so you need to go. And, and then by his grace, it, he kept me close to him to kind of just trust him day in and day out. And, and he provided, you know, and I think, you know, I've always heard the analogy, like if we knew uh, the kind of the bird's eye view map of what point B was going to be, uh, you know, how we were going to get from point A to point B. And we saw all the things that had to happen for us to get there. We would never move, right? <laughs> we would never take a step forward. And so uh, just an encouragement for anybody listening, man, like most of the times you're not going to have all of it figured out. Um, and that's kind of God's point in it is so that you're not getting ahead of him and not getting ahead of trusting him in real time. And, you know, I think for church planning specifically, I think, um, you know, we were feeling that same sort of thing. I'd been feeling it for years. I mean, we, my wife and I had kind of always felt that call to plant at some point, didn't know how or when. And um, in fact, like my plan is actually much different than how it is playing out. Um, I was wanting it to be actually a little bit later on. Um, and yet there's some things that just happened within our, our church culture and it got freeing up some resource and some kind of putting other pieces of the puzzle together to kind of align for us as a church to kind of be birthed out of um, the church that launched us. And it was just a unity and a peace amongst the whole team. And so, I mean, I, I think that overall, that's the biggest piece is this, this supernatural peace that only God can provide uh, that, that even still the world may look in and say, you're crazy. Um, yeah. So that, that's what I, I think of. Bro, I totally feel that. And it's, you know, it's hard to explain, you know, how you could have such peace in the midst of such uncertainty yeah, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, especially in, you know, that's foreign, man. Like, I, I feel like right. that's so foreign, I would say from a worldly perspective. 
somebody would have that peace if they're just like, you know what? I don't care what anybody says. I'm just going to do what makes me happy. You know, yeah. but from a spiritual sense, it's kind of like waiting on the permission from the spirit. You, yeah. you know, you got to kind of get this permission from the spirit and you're hearing, you're hearing the spirit say like, I'm releasing you into this and I'm right. calling you to this. And, you know, actually to, to stick around or to stay would be, would be the crazy thing for you to do, especially since you're so yeah. sure that I'm calling you somewhere. Right. I was listening to something um, where the podcaster said, you know, we live in an age where there's an idol of immediacy and mm. there's also an idol of perfection and polish in our society, especially yeah. as just media is becoming so saturated and it's, you know, everything's so well yeah. done and over uh, you know, just overdone. And everybody is in this kind of celebrity mindset. We all want to be a celebrity, you know? Um, right. Man, in the midst of that and knowing that this takes a lot of humility, you know, stepping out, knowing that you're not going to be an overnight success. You're probably going to be like a five to 10 year overnight success. Right. You know? <laughs> and, you know, the grind is real and you're working with broken people in broken places. You're a, a broken pastor as I am. We're not perfect. Right. Yeah. And so how do you, how do you overcome that, that kind of uh, temptation to say, okay, I've been in this for a year, six months, however long, and I'm, I'm hitting the reality that's, screaming in my face and saying, Hey, this is going to take grind and grit and grace. Uh, us pastors love that alliter alliteration, uh, right. grind, grit, and grace. And <laughs> most of all, it's going to take time and it's going to happen yeah. in my timing. I think for a pastor, that's important for us to talk about, but then also for anybody who's taking a step, like we gotta know this is gonna take time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that helps us redefine like what success looks like. Right. And what goals are, oh, yeah. um, you know, and I think then, man, we're in the midst of a pandemic like that just changes everything. Right. Um, and for everybody, but even for church plants specifically, like, Ooh. dude, I mean, <laughs> plans have changed, you know, a billion times. And, and I think the thing that has kept me at peace is that right. Like that it is a long game mentality. Like I'm not, I'm not thinking, I mean, I am thinking about like what the next year is going to look like, but I'm also thinking about, okay, what is the next 30 years for Zeal Church going to look like? And when I'm able to kind of ride those tensions of, okay, I have to, you know, kind of trust the Lord for this, this next week, six months, year, but I'm also trusting him for the next 30 years. That allows me not to get so caught up in the immediate lack of clarity or the lack of uncertainty, right? It's, it gives me kind of this picture to kind of begin to strive forward for, going forward. And, you know, it was even funny, like in the midst of all of this, I've really asked that question, like, what does success look like, Alex? And it's helped me reprioritize, man. Like, it's all about people. It's all about people. And like, that's the heart of God. And like, whatever you're pursuing, whether it's, you know, church planning or starting a business or, you know, launching a podcast or, you know, asking a girl out on the date, whatever it is you need to work up to the, the you know, the courage to do, like, it's all about people. It's all about relationship. And, and that's really helped me prioritize uh, in this season, you know, what my energy and effort goes towards. And so it's been a lot of text messages. It's been a lot of 
Zoom calls. And by the grace of God, I, I've made it through because I'm sick and tired of Zoom calls. Um, and it's been phone, you know, phone calls and um, just checking in on people and praying for people. And so it's been less of what I thought it would look like at this point in the game of church planning. And yet it, it, I had to reprioritize, man, and realize, okay, in order for the long haul mentality to really work, I have to be about people. Um, I have to be, because, you know, things will change, right? Like there's so often these, these waves that come even in the church culture every two, three years where, you know, things, the creativity is just different, right? Or songs are different or catchy titles for sermon series are different, but like people are always constant. And so I think just really making that your priority and everything you're doing is to care and love for people well. Um, and, and that's what allows, I think, us to have that long-term and long game mentality and continue to working in that. I think that's so good, man. And and I think that applies to any, um, anything that anyone sets out on, man, like right. you have to keep people, um, at the forefront of what's important. Um, I was talking to somebody who was starting something new and I said, uh, I said, what, what is your goal? Like, what would you desire for people to feel? based off yeah. of what you're putting out. Like what is the feeling you would want somebody to get when they interact with your content, with your creativity, with your art form? Like what what do you what do you want this to say to people? And I think man like anybody who's doing anything right whether it's a new brand of clothing, whether it's, you know, um branding, whether it's anything new, a new venture, asking somebody out on a date, like you said, it's always going to come down to that personal impact. And I think, man, if you can get that like one person at a time, even one, I'm not even talking about the multitudes. I'm just talking like one person at a time, day by day, step by step, one important and meaningful interaction at a time, you're going to begin to see how God is calling you into the brand new and for what reason, because Absolutely. you're touching lives, man. Yeah. You know, and it might not be like this viral sensation all at once, but man, you know, it's that kid that's throwing the starfish into the ocean, you know, like you're right. not, yeah. you're not going to solve the, you know, you're not going to be able to, you know, save all the starfish, you know, you're not going to be able to make a difference on this beach, throwing the starfish back into the ocean. And he's like, yeah, but I made a difference in that life. And I made a difference right. in that life. I don't know if people know that story, but it's like, man, just one meaningful interaction at a time. And as you begin to program yourself in that, like, you're going to, the fear is going to subside more and more because you're walking more fully in God's purpose. Yeah, dude. And, and dude, I think like the thing that just came to my mind was like, maybe sometimes the thing that we want it to be or look like isn't what people need it to be or look like, you know, preach. Bro. And I think when we really begin to realize that and like take a dose of humble pie, <laughs> and realize, <laughs> hey, maybe my idea isn't as all, all it's cracked up to be. I think of <laughs> You know, when we first kind of said yes to this church planning thing, like, dude, it, we were on cloud nine, you know, yeah. me and my wife, and we we're excited and kind of took some time to just soak in it a little bit. And we had nothing but, you know, encouragement. People like, oh, my gosh, you're made for this. I can't believe it. It's so exciting. You know, people sad that we were leaving the, the role we were in, but super excited for us. And so, I mean, literally, it was like we were feeling on cloud nine, right? I was almost on this, like, 
euphoric high. <laughs> and then somebody who's close to me, who, who loves me. And I don't even know what their intended asking the question was, but was like saying, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're Chan and I are planning a church. And kind of the first response to the, they gave to me was what if it fails? Oh, wow. Like that was literally the first thing he said. Wow. And bro, I literally stopped me dead in my tracks. And what I was like, it fails. and my response to them was like, I don't know. And quite frankly, I hadn't even had that thought. And that sounds a little prideful, but I just hadn't gotten there. And so then I really, for like the next week, wrestled with God and myself, like, oh, shoot, this could fail. Oh, shoot, what if it fails? Oh, my gosh, what am I, what are we going to do? Like, and then I started to get a little bit of anxiety because I'm like, oh, crap. Like my, you know, we, we just altered our entire life in a sense to go the direction that could, could fail. And, and it led to. I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say anxiety, but I, I felt like this, like, oh my gosh, did we make the right move? And then, you know, one of the things that I felt like God was just saying to me in that season is like, man, you have to define set success and failure based on what I say success and failure is. Mm. And really just kind of came to this conclusion that if one life is impacted by this decision for me and my wife to plant a church, then it's worth it. Absolutely worth wow, it. Buddy. And then I was like, well, what if that one person's life is my life, right? <laughs> What if my life's the life that's changed by this? And so, you know, we've been at this thing now for almost actually over a year, a year, August 1. And my life has drastically been changed as a result of taking the step of faith. And by God's grace, I think many other people's lives have been too. But I really got to a place, man, where I was like, man, if if my life's the only life that changes, then so be it. And and honestly, like, that sounds great as I'm talking to you on a podcast, Right, right? right? But dude, there's days where I'm like, no, nah, but that's not enough. <laughs> like, I wish there was more. And God's like, that's okay. Like, you just keep following me and I'll scrub that pride and insecurity and doubt out of you as you trust me. And I mean, I think so often we feel like faith is the absence of fear and it's really not. It's trusting God in it. Amen. It's trusting God in that fear. Like, yeah. you know, you and I were talking earlier, the Bible talks so much about like, do not fear. Well, why does the Bible say that? Because we're fearful. Like, yeah. Like God is aware of how fearful we tend to be. And so that's his, that's why he's constantly warning us and, and kind of giving us that encouragement is because he know how prevalent fear is apart from him. And, and so I think for me, it's really just realized like if, if, if failure looks the way the world says it's going to look, then maybe I will fail. But like, if I'm doing this for God and my intentions are pure and my motives are right, like, can it even fail? Like, right. no. No. And so then that's helped me then redefine even how I view success and how I view criticism and how I, you know, look at trying to grow and get better as a leader and as a pastor, you know, the opportunities where I feel like I dropped the ball big time. It's like, okay, now I can learn from that, not beat myself up over it. Does that make sense? Dude, that makes so much sense, man. And wow, brother, like having somebody say, what if it fails? Um, that, (laughs) bro, that like that, that I think just like you, like, uh, you know, it kind of renders me a little bit speechless, but really what I'm doing is I'm just going back in my mind, um, thinking about all the times that I've thought that. Yeah. And then also, um, and, and like not seriously entertained it, but just thought that, you know? Right. But then also, man, just that's kind of a heartbreaking, I guess for lack of a better word that I have in my vernacular right now, I would say like that's a really heartbreaking cop out that has held so many people captive 
to just like the same old, same old and going through the motions and living a comfortable life that hasn't had much impact or influence because they're just constantly saying, what if it fails? And really, man, like just the superficial standard of what failure looks like, like, you know, what if I don't, what if I'm not pretty enough? What if I'm not, you know, uh, funny enough? What if I'm not, you know, smart enough? What, I mean, all of the what ifs, you know, um, and what if it fails? What if I don't get enough likes? What if I don't get enough pats on the back? What, what if I don't make enough money, you know, and such a subjective and superficial standard of success, especially in our uh, Western culture, man, how many people have just decided to live mediocre because somebody asked that question, like a parent, you know, or a spouse or just the enemy, man, just Satan, man, just saying like, what if it fails? (laughs) You know, I can hear that whisper in the ear. What if it fails? They're all going to laugh at you. It reminds me of Adam Sandler. You know, it's like, they're all going to laugh at you. Like, (laughs) dude, it's, uh, it is the most simple. It's the simplest question to ask, but it's also the most handicapping, subduing question. Um, It can be, you know, because typically people who have something great to do don't have a plan B. Like, no, my heart is set on this. There is no plan B. I'm all in, burn the ships. What if it fails? I have to redefine what failure is so so that I so that can't even be a question. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. I mean, I feel like when that person asked me that question, you know, it smacked me like a two by four, bro. And but I ultimately see it as God's grace now because it gave me a chance to process that. Yeah. And really kind of get that the, the stuff that was underneath the surface to bubble up and come out. And it just led me to realizing some of my insecurities and some of my lack of faith in God and, and some of my uh, kind of issues. Right. And so then it helped me like be really honest and raw and real with myself and, and more importantly with God. Right. And to say, Hey God, like I'm scared. Hey God, I don't know. Like, Hey, I, I don't know how I really feel about this idea of failing. Like, yeah. I'm scared. And, and as opposed to just staying paralyzed in that, God, you know, rescued me in that and is continuing to rescue me in that of saying like, hey, man, like there's no such thing as failure in my kingdom. Like that's not how I roll. Like the most, you know, audacious attack at my character that ever happened on the cross. Like I, I won that, by the way. Mm-hmm. And so like nothing is going to happen to you that's going to, you know, be seen as a failure in my eyes. And yeah. I think ultimately it came down to like, I felt like my identity was at stake. My identity was at like, you know, jeopardized. And when, when I kind of rooted myself in the reality that that there's nothing I can do or not do that will change my identity in Christ. That's what really, you know, I think solidified me. Okay. I'll move forward in this, even if to the world, it does seem like a failure, right. Or even, even to my own standard, if it seems like a failure, um, I'm willing to move forward in it because I think you're right, man. Like I got to a place where I was like, I can't do anything else but this. Yeah. Um, like I, I gotta burn the ships, man. I gotta go. I gotta do this. Like this is what God has called me to. And you know, I think the opposite question is important to ask too. Like, what if it succeeds? Right. right? What if it works? Like, what? think about all the lives that can be changed, the things that can be impacted, the um, the way the world can be drastically different as a result of 
you stepping out in faith. And so it helped me even answer that question too, of like, Hey, what if we plant zeal church and lives are changed? Yeah. What if people come to know Christ? What yeah. if people's like, you know, eternities are altered. Yeah. Like that's worth the quote failure that could happen. Right. And so I think that's another, you know, sobering question for people to ask as you're listening to this, like, don't just be paralyzed by the one question of what if it fails, like be motivated by the answer to the question. What if it succeeds? Yes. What if this works? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. You about to, bro. We're about to get this a pulpit out for you, man. And I was about to dance around this office. Oh my gosh. What a good question. What if it succeeds? Yeah. Wow. Wow, man. What kind of lives can be touched if this thing succeeds? And even going back to the measurement and the metrics of what success is, man, like, you know, the potential even for a life change, like what, <laughs> what sort of value can you just place on a life? Like, you know what I mean? Like if I yeah. was to say, hey, Alex, how much is my life worth? <laughs> right. Because Because Jesus said it was worth dying for. And if my worth, my life is worth the creator of the universe dying for, then I think the lives out there who don't yet know Jesus is worth Alex Gilbert planting a church in York, Pennsylvania. 100%. Come 100%. on, bro. Right. Which then changes everything. Like, and that sounds like a very drastic statement, but it really does, man. Like, that's what allows all the other BS in the crap that'll come through church planning to, yeah. to be totally worth it. <laughs> And so, yeah, man, I think it's keeping that big picture vision in mind is so critical and so key in, in whatever we're doing. And then like going back to it, bro, my life has been so drastically changed in this step of faith. Yeah. And, and there's kind of that tension of like, yes, it's for other people, but it's also for me, man. Like my, my trust in Jesus is in a, is in a place that it's never been before right? because I've had to rely on him in this season in ways that I never had to before Yeah, because there was these things that I was leaning on and relying on and, and, staying comfortable in that, that, you know, kind of got me lazy and apathetic in my faith, honestly. And it's funny, the name Zeal Church came from this place of God asking me the question, what is the one thing that is keeping you from following me with all you have? Which is a pretty lighthearted question, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and God's like, hey, that's the thing I want you to tackle. That's the thing I want you to go after in this church plant. And for me, man, it was apathy. It's, it's this apathetic kind of heart or this kind of lukewarm wishy-washy not hot or cold not on one side or the other just kind of eh. mm -hmm. and god's like no i want you to go after that and so i want you to name the church zeal so that's kind of my position and passion towards like that's how god feels about us that's how god feels about his glory and that's how we as a church want to feel about him and his people and those who don't know him yet right and so um you know i think really wrestling with some of that too so man this stuff's changed me from the inside out and so taking this step of faith is like really grown my relationship with Jesus in leaps and bounds. It's made me a better father. It's made me a better husband. It's made me a better leader because ultimately it's made me a better follower of Jesus. I've had to trust him in ways that dude, I just wasn't set up to do in, in a position that I was earlier because I wasn't dependent on him. And, and so I'm thankful that even in this season, although it's been scary and hard and then you throw a pandemic in it, <laughs> um, like it's really taught me, what trust in Jesus really looks like. And I'm still growing and I'm not perfect, but man, I'm a whole different dude than I was a year ago as far as my faith in Jesus, because he's really been at points all I've had to trust in. So I think if we're the one person that changes, it's absolutely worth it to take that step. 
That's so good, man. I, I think of, you know, how Jesus's promise was that he was going to be with us, you know, always to the end of the age. And especially, yeah. you know, in those times of trouble that we don't have to fear because he's overcome the world. And if Jesus promises to be with you every step of the way, um, then through, through stepping into that fear, stepping out, like it's inevitable. You're gonna change. You're gonna be transformed. You're gonna right. grow because it does force you to build a dependence on Christ. And so, yes, yeah, man, I, I would say that for anybody out there and uh, we're coming to the end of our time, but for anybody who's out there listening right now, who's thinking about taking that step, I would say, man, based off of this conversation, that they should do it if they feel like God's calling them to do it and they have a piece of permission from the spirit to do it. Yeah, and that good. as they do it, they ask the question, not only like, what if it fails? Because I think that is an important question because then it, it helps them confront what failure looks like. But what if it succeeds? What if it succeeds? What would the fruit be um, based off of this step? And then, man, just like I would say the last part of it is just continually asking God um, for his direction on it, I think is so huge. Amen. 